Good evening. So, a couple of weeks ago, probably about a month ago now, the Holy Spirit was like, get ready to share your testimony at Epic Life. I was like, all right, cool. And he goes, and focus on finding sonship, which was the last season of my life. And it was, it was awesome because that's the series Eric was doing. And then about a week after Holy Spirit says this to me, Eric Knopf says, hey, you should give your testimony. He said next week, but that was about three weeks ago. Um, there are other people, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you how I found sonship. And I'm going to start with uh, a story. And this happened about six months ago. My son, he says to me, he goes, Dad. And I was like, yeah, he's, he was four at the time. He's five now. And he goes, known as your mom, right? And I said, yes. And he goes, and Auntie Shez and Auntie Maya are your sisters. And I said, yes, as a matter of fact, they are. And Uncle Jay's your brother, right? Yes. I had no idea where he was going with this. And then he goes, Dad, who's your dad? It was the hardest question I've ever been asked in my entire life. I had absolutely no idea what to say because my son just asked me who my dad was. And so I'm freaking out. I'm like, what do I do now? Um, how do I tell him about, he's, he's four, how do, I, how do I tell him about my biological father? Or do, my, or do I tell him about my stepfather? Like, who, who do I tell him about? And I, just, I was confused, you know? And um, so the question, it completely caught me off guard. But he kept asking me. Um, <laughs> like a four-year-old would, right? And um, But it was during the season of my life, which I have come to title Finding Sonship. And um, I know now completely 100% that I am a son of God, and I know what that means for me. Um, and I am going to share with you kind of how I got to that. Um, so my childhood, like many childhoods, were marked by the failure of men who I called. Actually, I don't know if I called either of them daddy. I, I think the first person I ever called daddy was myself talking to my children. Uh, it's very possible. So the men who call, I called dad growing up. Um, my biological father, he's kind of a hazy memory. Um, I have one memory of him that is not hazy, and that was 17. I was 17 years old at the time. I was junior in high school. I'll get to that later. Um, and uh, anyway, so let's go back years. Um, I, all right, um, told myself I wouldn't cry. Okay, uh, you're going to learn about me. I'm a pretty emotional dude. Okay, uh, if you don't know that. So. My mom took me and my sister, Cheryl, she's about 13 months younger than me, um, to Chico after so, just so much domestic violence that my, my biological father was causing um, in, in our life. Uh, and the final straw, as I've been told, I don't recall this, was when my biological father took a bag of ice. He was mad at my mom, and he threw it on my mom, who happened to be holding my little sister at the time. Um, and I guess that was the, kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, as they say. And she took me, and she took Cheryl, and we moved to Chico, which is actually my first clear memory. My first clear memory is, is escaping. It, um, and I'm not going to go into to all the details of that, because um, I barely remember it. <laughs> uh, but it is, it is the earliest clear memory I have. I was about four years old at the time. Um, 
And while living in Chico, my mother met my stepfather-to-be. And I was, I lived there, we moved to the Bay Area, and then we moved back to Sacramento. And um, they got married in 1998, I was 10. And like it or not, Cheryl and I, my sister, we were forced to call him dad. And we didn't like it, which was really sad, because I remember begging my mother to give us a dad. I, like, at her feet, just mom, mom, I want a dad. Um, and here she was marrying the man I didn't want to be my dad. Um, and so we were, I was forced to call somebody dad who I never wanted to. And I, as a 10-year-old, I kind of thought, well, maybe you should earn it, but whatever. <laughs> uh, um, so let me tell you a little bit about both of these men or what I know of my biological father. Um, I have, there's three memories that I would like to share with you guys of my biological father. Um, first, I already actually shared with you. Um, so there's, there's three more. When, and I thought this was a different man until about seven or eight months ago. I, we were living in Chico, and my biological father, he found out where we lived, and he showed up at the house, and dishes were flying. Me and my sister were in the room just, just completely scared, and he was yelling at my mom, cussing at my mom, how dare she, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I was just, I, it's, one, it's another memory that's really hazy because of just the type of memory that it was. Um, and the second, um, when... When we lived in the Bay Area, before my mom and my stepdad-to-be at this time moved back, me and my sister moved to Sacramento first. We lived with our grandparents. And I was playing out in the, the front on the street with a couple of kids in the neighborhood. And we uh, noticed this guy who rode in on a bike, and he, and he rode into my grandparents' house. And he looked, he looked at me. I looked at him and um, wonder who that is. And then he left, and, and he looked right at me, kind of confused. I found out a couple of minutes later when my grandparents called me back in, that was my dad, and he had no idea in the world who I was. Not a clue. Um, and I barely knew who he was. Um, and the third was, as I told you earlier, I was a junior in high school, and he showed up. And my sister comes to my physics class, and she's like, Bridges, dad is here. And I thought she was talking about my stepdad. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. He was a social worker at the time, and he had about half a dozen clients or students that went to SAC High. And she was like, no, Big Bridges is here. I'm a junior, for those of you who don't know. And I was like, what? Okay. And I told Cheryl, I was like, I know you're not allowed to leave, but leave. I don't want you here on campus. I just, I'm very protective over her. Um, and anyway, I get called out of class. My mom never, like, got custody over me or never told the school about my biological father. I get called out of class because my dad... Uh, wanted to see me, and I can say that he was very apologetic. He he was sincere in his apology. He cried, and it was it was almost a moment of closure. And he asked if he could get to know me, and and I told him yes. So he set up some appointments to meet with my mom and stepdad, and three times he never showed up. Um, and at this point, I was kind of, I guess, used to neglect from my biological father, so it, it hurt me, but it didn't phase me too much. It was whatever. Um, and my stepdad, who, let me, let me preface with this. I'm, I'm grateful for many of the things he has done. He provided 
for me you know, financially. He, I, was, I was in a secure place growing up. Um, I knew I was safe from the outside world, but I didn't feel safe in my home. Um, we, as, as many families, we were out, outwardly appearing. We were the perfect Christian family. Um, inwardly appearing, we, we just, we weren't at all. Um, we knew how to wear the mask. I actually remember having conversations with my parents about putting the mask on. Um, and there is this memory I'll never forget. Um, and my mom found some pornography on the computer, and it was my father had been looking at it. He not only blamed me, but he also spanked me for it. And I, I, I took the blame for him. And that, <laughs> whew, I know that, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, I love you too. Um, it was, the house, it was very, it was very unstable. I, I remember he would leave, he'd go on vacation a lot. Um, and, uh, or business trips or just whatever. And I remember I, hoping that the plane would crash before he got home because I didn't want him to come home. And now there are two more children added to the picture this time. I, I didn't want him to come home and continue putting on the family what he had put on the family. And there was one time, I, I think it was one of the affairs that he had had on my mom where I was done. I, I was sitting in the living room with his gun on my lap waiting for him to come home. I thank God that he was not the first person to walk through that door. It was somebody else, and they were able to calm me down. Um, I, I think I was about 16 at the time. And, uh, but him and my mom, about four and a half years ago, separated. And it, it's, it's, been a pretty, it's been a pretty nasty divorce. Um, so I won't get into that. Um, but by the end of it, I was begging him to divorce my mom, and I hate more than anything, divorce. So let me tell you about how I found uh, sonship. I, I had always known that God said he was my father. So I asked him, I said, all right, now prove it. And I'm going to read you this quote uh, from A.W. Tozer real quick. And not since Adam first stood up on the earth has God felt a single man or woman who has trusted him. I, just, I actually heard that just yesterday, and I was like, I'm sharing that tomorrow. It, that's fire. Um, <laughs> God had already been, he, he, was, he didn't have to prove it. He had already been doing it. He had already been putting other men in my life, my grandfather. Um, a, a police officer on one occasion taught me how to change a tire because he had never done that. Um, and that was actually in front of my wife, who she wasn't even my girlfriend yet. I was trying to impress her. My tire was out, and I didn't know how to change it. Uh, fortunately, she didn't have to know that. <laughs> um, and this was during my prodigal season of life. So, yes, God still loves you while you're throwing your inheritance in the gutter. Um, so, having come to this realization that God's my father, I had to ask myself the question, how do I look at myself in the light of that? Um, so, um, I, real quick. I was watching Sophia the First with my daughter once, and she goes to the sorcerer and with her sister. Sophia, for those of you who don't know, she's a stepdaughter to the king. And she asks the sorcerer, can you make some tables fly float for me at a party? And he's like, no. And Sophia's like, okay. And she's about to leave. And Amber, 
who is the daughter to the king, goes, wait a second, our dad is the king. You're going to do it. And I was like, whoa, because that's the power that I have. That's the power that you have. It, it literally, it took a, like a preschooler's show to hit me that. So now I'm like going on these crazy, I call them kingdom adventures with God, my dad. Um, and uh, it's just been, it, it's literally been awesome. So I want to leave you guys with this. I'm, I'm like constantly going on these adventures. He's constantly challenging me toward growth. He's, he's literally fathering me. Like, it, and it's awesome. Um, and this, because of this Sophia show, I've kind of had this reality. I have the power and the authority of the kingdom of heaven literally coursing through my veins. So Satan's called the prince of this world, right? Well, I'm a co-heir with the king of the universe. And last time I checked, princes have to answer to kings. So Satan, take a back seat because you have no place in my life, especially when it comes to my sonship. So anyway, by the end of this conversation with my son, I'm like, Father, how do I answer this kid? And Holy Spirit says, how did you just, what did you just call me by? I said, Dad, today if you ask my son who my dad is, he will tell you God. He literally thinks that my parents are Nona and God. <laughs> and so that, that's who I am today. I am blessed beyond measure because I am a son of God.